You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. You've had a long day at work, and you can't wait to just get home, take off your shoes, plop yourself down in your favorite chair, and relax. Ah. You walk up to your tranquil residential home and your neatly manicured lawn in your quiet suburban neighborhood, put the key in the lock, open the door, and... Yes, the pets have gone wild! What were you thinking? Welcome to the show about everything you always wanted to know about exotic pets. Where to get them, what to feed them, and how to care for them. You'll even find out why some people live with a monkey. Now, here's your host, exotic pet expert and author, Bob Tart. Hey, Bob, what were you thinking? Hi, I'm Bob Tart, author of Enslaved by Ducks and Follow Weather, and welcome to What Were You Thinking? Before I get to my guest, Russ Wilson, I wanted to mention some good news about my first book, Enslaved by Ducks. This is something I'm really excited about. About a year and a half ago, Linda and I mentioned on What Were You Thinking? that Patricia Heaton of Everybody Loves Raymond, and she has a new show called The Middle, uh, she purchased the dramatic rights option to enslave by ducks. What this means is that for a certain period of time, she had the sole rights to develop a TV show or a movie based on my book. Well, the rights were just about to expire and she hadn't done anything with it, and so we were thinking, well, you know, it's just one of those things. But I just uh, received an email two weeks ago from Patricia, and she told me that she was renewing the option for another 18 months and was very optimistic about getting a movie made based on Enslaved by Ducks. In fact, she already has a script for it. She even signed someone to play me, which is very exciting, but I'm sworn to secrecy on the subject. I can definitely say one thing, though. It won't be George Clooney. Okay, so Linda and I are keeping our fingers crossed, and we hope that my book about our pet ducks, rabbits, parrots, geese, and more will become a feature film. I'll keep you posted as I learn more. For information on my two books, Enslaved by Ducks and Follow Weather, please go to my website, bobtart.com. That's B-O-B-T-A-R-T-E.com. And if you want to be a guest on What Were You Thinking? If you have an interesting pet that you want to talk about, just email me at bob at petliferadio.com. That's all there is to it. Back in the 1970s, I kept aquarium fish with varying degrees of luck, mostly not very good. One day I went to a local pet store that had a, a really nice fish section. It, it was a really good neighborhood store that is unfortunately long gone. I bought a little frog to live with the fish. He was very fun to watch. He'd come swimming to the top for fish food. Unfortunately, even though the tank was covered, the frog managed to get out, and I never saw him again. I only had him a couple of weeks. The reason I'm mentioning this is because I'm wondering if he was the same kind of frog that my guest, Russ Wilson, has been telling me about. He is African clawed frog Hedo. I'm going to tell you a little bit about Russ. He's been keeping all manner of exotic pets for over 30 years, from sugar gliders and leopard geckos to hermit crabs and even feather duster worms. Russ lives in Utah, and he has volunteered and worked in zoos. 
and he has had a particular fondness for frogs ever since his first trip to the local pond as a child. So, hey, Ross, how you doing? Welcome to the show. I'm doing great. Glad to be here. Yeah, glad to have you. Thanks so much for emailing me about uh, Hito. Does that sound like uh, the same as the frog I might have had or not? It could be. In fact, that's a, a common issue with this uh, type of frog. If they have access to uh, emerging from the tank, they generally will. So fairly likely. Um, there are really only a couple of types of aquatic frogs that commonly show up in pet stores. There's the uh, African clawed frog, and then there's the uh, African dwarf frog. There's actually a couple of species of that type, but um, it was probably one of those two. Well, could you describe, I don't think it'll jog my memory because this was so long ago, but um, can you describe what the African clawed frog looks like? Sure. Well, uh, first of all, they're sort of a, a chubby frog. Um, they have very robust, uh, thick back legs. Their front legs are somewhat thinner. And uh, they're, they're sort of flattened. When you think of a frog sitting on the uh, lily pad, as, as we often think of them, they, uh, they sort of have their, their hind end uh, uh, touching the lily pad and their head sort of goes up at a 45-degree angle. Sure. But this sort of frog is kind of flat. And uh, they have very large uh, webbed back feet. Their, their front limbs are, are much smaller. Uh, with four fingers on them, and they are not webbed. And their eyes are oriented almost straight up, and they don't have eyelids. And uh, so that's a distinctive feature in the contrast to most frogs that have the eyes kind of on the sides of the head. Um, so they're, they're pretty distinctive in those ways. Are they built this way because they spend all or most of their lives in water? Exactly. They're very well adapted to um, spending their lives in water, and by choice, uh, they'll spend all of their time in the water without ever leaving it. But if uh, the little pool that they live in in nature starts to dry up, they can do one of two things. They can either um, travel overland in wet weather and look for another pond, or they can actually estivate in the mud. Um, and once the mud dries, they're perfectly fine, kind of encased in a little cocoon there, and they can go for months and perhaps even longer just uh, waiting for better conditions. And then when it rains or whatever, that, that releases them and sort of wakes them up? Exactly. Wow, that's amazing. I wish I could do that. Me too. Yeah. Where do you keep Hito? I have him in a 20-gallon aquarium uh, with a, a glass lid on the top and with the water level probably about three inches um, below the top so that he's not uh, tempted to, to take a trip. Okay, because I wanted to ask you if there was a matter of too much or I, I guess too little water would be would be easy. You wouldn't want to keep them in just an, an inch or two, but uh, you can keep this frog in a fairly large tank. Right. There's no downside. They like to go pretty deep? Well, you wouldn't want it too deep. This is a 20-gallon long tank, so it's probably about a foot deep, and with the water level down, you know, it's probably more like nine inches deep. And uh, that gives him a chance to be able to reach the surface fairly easy. If he were in a, in a tank that were two feet deep, for example, he mm -hmm. would probably survive but not be entirely comfortable. They like to be able to put their, their legs onto something, kind of stretch out their whole body with their, their hind legs holding onto a plant or something like that and just poke their nose out above the water once in a while. Okay. So how large will he get? Well, I've seen some pictures of wild-caught uh, African clawed frogs that will... Uh, basically cover the palm of a grown man's hand um, just with their body. That's not even with their legs extended. They're, they can get pretty large. Um, a lot of times in uh, protected environment uh, when they grow up 
among humans, they, they don't get quite as big, but Peter's body from um, snout to vent is probably about three inches long, and if you added the legs, maybe another three inches, uh, so maybe six inches altogether when he stretched out. Oh, that's, that's a decent-sized frog, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I remember the one I had was uh, tiny. It was probably, um, as you say, from <laughs> nose or snout to vent, he was probably only about an inch. Yeah, and it really could be either species. It could be the African clawed frog or the African dwarf, um, because they're both sold at approximately that size. Okay. In that size range. Is that the size that Hito was when you got him? Actually, I got him when he was even smaller. He was a tadpole, in fact. Oh, my gosh. These are um, available from several uh, different companies as available tadpoles, even eggs in some cases. What? Tell me about raising the tadpole. It's really pretty interesting because the tadpoles uh, of this species of frog are very different from others. Most tadpoles are herbivorous and they have sort of a beak that they use to scrape algae off of rocks and sticks and whatnot and they'll also eat you know any basically any um, animal or vegetable matter they can get their their uh, beak on so to speak um, this species in contrast is a filter feeder so it strains uh, algae and bacteria and uh, protozoa and so on from the water column and cannot uh, eat anything off of the bottom of the aquarium or anything like that so you do need to provide something of that sort that they can eat, and they they constantly are suspended in the water, unlike most tadpoles, which will go to rest on the bottom and, and sit still. This type keeps itself in a head-down, tail-up orientation, wiggling the tip of its tail, kind of creating a current that allows uh, food to sweep by, and it, it'll uh, ingest that food in the water. Do you have any pictures of him as a tadpole? I do. Oh, I would love to see that. Sure, yeah, I'd be happy. I actually um, thought it would be fun to document his metamorphosis. So from the day I received him until the day he uh, had completed his metamorphosis, I have a picture of each day. That is amazing. Did you, <laughs> this is a silly question, but when you order a tadpole, you just order one, assuming that it's going to be in good health and easy to keep? Well, um, the company I ordered it from, they have a guarantee that if anything happens to the tadpole that you can receive a replacement. What did you put in the water for him to eat when he was a tad? Well, I, uh, there are several things you can do, and I know that the company and other companies produce food that you can use. Um, you can also get some food that's produced for egg-laying fish, so very small particulate matter that you can use. I used a culture of um, green water that I produced myself, just uh, basically... Um, single-celled algae mm -hmm. growing for another one of my fish projects and uh, he did fine on that. So you just introduced some of that to the water? Right. And wh what would you do? Would you have lighting or something on the tank so that it would uh, continue to grow and spread or not? Well I had uh, the other tank in which I was culturing this uh, single-celled algae had a light source. Um, so I would just continue to add this every day or every other day and just add a bit of that to his. What kind of a tank was he in when he was a tadpole? It, was it the 20-gallon? No, it was, it was quite uh, small. It was probably about a quart um, just to be able to maintain uh, control of the area. You don't want to have to introduce a lot of food into the small area. You want to be able to uh, make sure that the food is accessible and you'd have to put a lot of it in right. if the container were large. So just kept him in that small one and then by... Um, frequent partial water changes was able to keep it clean and a healthy environment for him. So you got him as a tadpole, and how long did it take from the day you got him 
until he, you know, became a frog. Um, I'd have to look it up to be exactly sure, but I think it was about um, four to six weeks. Boy, what a fun thing to watch. It was. It was, it was quite amazing. In fact, I had done it before. Um, years ago, I had some other uh, frogs of this sort, uh, which I probably still have, except uh, I spent three years in Hawaii, and unfortunately this species of frog is illegal there, and so I wasn't able to take them and had to find new homes for those other right. frogs. But, uh, yeah, I've watched the process several times now, and it's fascinating every time. Wow. Does uh, his tank need to be heated? Well, and I don't have a heater in there currently. If the temperature is between about you know, 65 into the mid-70s, they don't really need any supplemental heating. Mm-hmm. And so he's, he's done fine. Yeah. How long have you had him? It's been a little over a year. He arrived um, in 2008, September 9th. Okay. What What is the life expectancy? They can live quite a long time. Uh, I know that records surpass, if I'm correct, surpass 20 years. 20 years? Wow. Well, you have a friend for a long time, possibly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping that he'll be around for a while. Now, you said in your uh, email to me about uh, how, as a youth, <laughs> you, you got interested in frogs at, at the pond. What What kind of experiences did you have? Well, at the time, I was living in Washington State, right along the coast, where it is very, very uh, rainy. And so there were Pacific tree frogs all over the place, in our tomato plants in the garden, uh, in the grass that grew around the sandbox, everywhere. And so I was very interested in those uh, as long as, for as long as I can remember. And we found from our neighbors that there was a, a frog pond just a stone's throw from the house in the, in the woods nearby. And so um, I persuaded my father to take me down there and we went and caught some tadpoles and from then on I've been hooked. Right. Now do you know in fact that uh, Hito is a he or is that just sort of a convention? It's kind of funny because I was hoping that he would turn out to be a he and he did um, when I named him Hito although as that being a Japanese name um, there are variations on that name that could be male or female but I guess that's beside the point. Um, anyway I was hoping he would be a male because the male's quite a bit and having had males before I was hoping to be able to enjoy that again had a lot of fun with that so he was about six months old when he started singing and confirmed that he was a male and we will listen to that song uh, in just a minute or so we're, we're coming up on a break Russ was kind enough to pronounce Hido's name for me because uh, it's spelled H-I-R-O what what is the meaning of the name if, if it has one oh I'm not sure exactly I know that we named him Hido after a character from a television show Oh, what TV show is that? It's called Heroes, appropriately enough. It's kind of a, a show about uh, people with special powers. Right. I've seen ads for it. I haven't seen the show, though. Okay. And uh, we enjoyed one of the characters so much, and he had a fun personality. And since these frogs tend to have a lot of personality, we decided to give him that name. Well, we're going to get into this uh, in a little more depth and hear about the... Uh, quirks and also enjoy a song from Hito. We're coming up to a break right now. You're listening to What Were You Thinking? And after this word from the sponsor, we will be right back. What Were You Thinking? We'll be right back after Bob gets the ducks out of his living room. Don't go away. It's time for school for you and your friends, your furry best friends. Train your dog the fun and easy way with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Teacher's Pet host, 
Sophia Silvani teaches you step-by-step how to train your dog the fun and easy way. You get eight 30-minute live audio training sessions, complete transcripts of each session, plus a basic training manual to get you and your dog off to a great start. Training begins the moment you bring your dog home. Teacher's Pet Sessions offers positive reinforcement training to shape your dog's behavior and encourages upbeat, enthusiastic responses to ensure that your dog will enjoy learning. Teacher's Pet Sessions dog training is fun at both ends of the leash. So listen, learn, and laugh with your dog with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Get your copy of Teacher's Pet Sessions Volume 1 today. To order, go to teacherspetsessions.com. Hi, this is Pia Salvani, your host. Bring your dog, tug toy, and treats, and get ready to have some fun. TeachersPetSessions.com Give your dog some thought. With Dog Thoughts, it's the iPhone application that everyone's talking about. Hey, what do you think of this? A man in Davis, California says he's invented an application for the iPhone that claims it can read your dog's mind. Huh? No, it's true. I read about it on my cat's Twitter page. That's fine. Jay Leno talked about it, CBS reported on it, and now you can see what all the buzz is about. Created just for dog lovers, Dog Thoughts makes taking photos of your furry best friend more fun. Shake your dog and read his mind. On your iPhone, of course. Take a pic of your pup, shake your phone, and watch as his thoughts appear on the screen. Does he have a bone to pick with you, or is he having a tail-wagging day? Get your Dog Thoughts iPhone app today. Just 99 cents. Go to PetLifeRadioPromotions.com. That's PetLifeRadioPromotions.com. Aquariums and pondkeeping are among the most popular of all hobbies in the United States and throughout the world. In fact, fish are probably the most numerous pet in people's homes and in their businesses. In Aquarium Mania, we'll learn more about the secret and not-so-secret life of fish and other inhabitants, the basics of good aquarium keeping, the complexities of the aquarium industry, and the science and art that surround this fascinating hobby. I'm your host, Roy Anong, and I'd like to thank you for joining us. Aquarium Mania. Every week, on demand. Only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On PetLife Radio. PetLife Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, ducks are in the pond, rabbits in his hutch, and monkeys... In my car? Oh, okay, well, I go check my insurance policy. We'll turn you back over to Bob. Hi, I'm Bob Tart, author of the books Enslaved by Ducks and Fall Weather. I'm speaking with Russ Wilson in Utah about his African clawed frog, Hedo. Let's listen to the song. Wow, <laughs> that's really interesting. I have two questions for you. First of all, um, besides the trilling, I'm hearing some other sounds in the background. Are those sounds that the frog is making or just the trilling? Uh, he's actually making both sounds. Those are the sounds of him as he um, kind of moves around the tank. Okay, 
All right. Knocking against the bottom and the glass and so on. Oh, okay. So he was quite active when he was making that. He was, especially at the end there. You can hear how <laughs> the song sort of changes, and that's when he saw me and decided to go up to the top and beg for food. That always changes. That is great. Can you, why, why don't you talk a little bit about that? Well, um, part of the reason I love these frogs is because they do have a lot of personality, and they definitely recognize feeding time, and they recognize their principal uh, food provider. And so um, whenever uh, you come near the tank, they'll do several things. One of the, uh, I think, most endearing and funniest things they'll do is um, they'll actually start cramming their front legs or their forelimbs into their mouth as if they were shoving food into their mouth. Oh, my gosh. And as a sort of a, a signal or anticipation, whatever it is, um, they'll do that. Or sometimes they will just uh, clap their front limbs together and it looks a lot like a human clapping, and so that's, that's a lot of fun. That is just wonderful. Yeah, and that's, that's just one of the, the many things that makes them so fun to keep. And so when you come in, does he know that certain times of the day are feeding time, or does he just see you and anticipate food whenever he recognizes you? It's hard to tell, because we do have um, his tank rather close to the dinner table, um, just maybe... Uh, seven feet away from the dinner table and when we sit down to eat dinner he floats right up to his little feeding ring which is in a fixed position in his tank and waits for us to put some food in because right after dinner that's typically what we do okay feeding ring could what is the feeding ring feeding ring is uh, simply a plastic ring that has a, a styrofoam core and with a suction cup attached to it and then on a little uh, sort of a hinge so that you can attach it to the tank and it will float up and down in response to the water level to a certain extent and that's so the food doesn't get all over? Right. So the food will stay in one place, and you can either do that just for convenience and cleaning, or if you want to train the particular animal in question to, to come to a certain area, and that's what we've done. One of the things you emailed me about that I thought was fascinating was that the majority of frogs eat insects, but you feed pellets to Hito? Right, right. As an ad adaptation for living underwater, um, and often in fairly murky water in their natural habitat, they um, do not use a, an extensible tongue to catch their prey. It wouldn't work underwater. And uh, they use their, their front limbs to kind of feel around in the water. They also have a very sensitive uh, lateral line system like a fish does. So um, minor current fluctuations in the water are very um, detectable for them. And so they use a combination of those factors to find most of their food. And so they'll eat just about anything um, that was once living or is living or they're not sure whether it was living or not, they'll give it a try. And uh, that has proven very useful in these murky waters where they're from. So they do eat insects, they eat fish, they'll eat uh, carrion, um, whatever that happens along, really. Is there a, a food designed specifically for these frogs, or do you feed them fish food, or what do you give them? There are a couple of types that are designed specifically for this species. Um, I tend to give mine mostly foods that are reptile and amphibian uh, based, not based, uh, I should rephrase that. They are intended for reptiles and amphibians, uh, turtles and newts and frogs and so on. Now, when I listen to the song, it's a little hard for me to tell h how loud it actually is. Is this something you could hear from the next room or? Uh, yeah, yeah, I do notice if I'm in the hallway or, or the kitchen and he's in the living room, uh, I do hear it. It's not really loud. It's nothing that would keep you awake at night or anything like that, although I do remember that the day before he sang, or the day before I first heard him singing, I dreamt that he sang. 
And so I'm wondering if I heard him and subconsciously realized that, and that's why I dreamt that. Right. So if somebody lived in an apartment, <laughs> people wouldn't be knocking on the walls next door when the frog was singing. Right, right. It wouldn't be loud enough to, to carry that far, not through walls. Does he tend to sing more at night than during the day? Well, it's difficult to tell. I've noticed that since about September, which coincided with his first birthday, he has been singing a lot more. And it also happens to coincide approximately with spring in the natural habitat of these frogs, which is uh, southern Africa. So I'm not sure whether it's breeding season or it's just that he's old enough, he's coming of age, and mm -hmm. it's time to sing more. But he does sing during the day quite a bit. Um, I've noticed that a lot of times he will sing if I come over to the tank and look at him. Sure. So he may be thinking, well, uh, it's worth a try. Maybe I'll get some food out of this. I don't know. So he has the one sort of uh, trilling song, and then the when it gets more excited, is that a separate song, or is it just sort of a, a amplification or, or emotional uh, amplification of the first? I'm not sure. I'm still wondering about that. Sometimes I think it may just be that uh, he starts to move kind of frantically when he starts begging for food, and that affects the song, mm -hmm. the movement of his body, but I'm not really sure. And we're hearing that song through the water, of course. Right. Does he ever stick his head out of the water? He does, um, but I haven't really noticed that when he's singing. He usually uh, at least starts singing at the bottom of the aquarium. He just sticks his nose out to eat or to uh, take a breath of air. Okay, I was going to ask about that, too. How often does he have to come to the surface to breathe? Uh, that depends on his activity level and um, the temperature and so on, but he'll come up maybe every five minutes or so. Wow, so his body uses oxygen very efficiently. Right. Right, being cold-blooded and so on, they don't need a whole lot. And they probably absorb a little bit of oxygen through their skin, most amphibians do, but I think I read somewhere that most of this particular species, oxygen requirements come from uh, lung breathing. Sure. Now, you, in one of the emails you sent me, you mentioned that uh, there are some bizarre facts about African clawed frogs. Is there something that we haven't talked about already? Let's see. Well, uh, I don't think we mentioned that this frog was involved in early pregnancy tests. Oh, no. They, uh, they were called the pregnancy frog at one time because in one of the earliest successful pregnancy tests, they would take some urine from a, a woman, a prospectively pregnant woman, and inject it into the frog, uh, a female frog, and if she uh, produced eggs within a certain period of time, then that was a positive sign of pregnancy. Huh. They've been in labs partly because of that, but for other reasons. They're one of the earliest clones. I think they were the first cloned vertebrate, um, preceding Dolly the sheep by quite a long shot, because uh, being the sheep being the first mammalian clone, we have had amphibian clones for a lot longer. Um, they also found that they, dis they produce their own natural antibiotics when they're injured, and so it's uh, very unlikely for them to get infections. If they've, if they've been cut or something, it, it causes a, a release of these natural antibiotics, and they're looking into those for use with humans. Oh, I would think so. And uh, let's see. Oh, another thing is that being such survivors, you know, being able to survive in dry mud for months and all of these other things with their natural antibiotics, they have been introduced, unfortunately, into a lot of areas where they're not native. So there are uh, little populations of them dotting the the planet, which is unfortunate because being such successful feeders, 
they can damage the ecosystems where they live. So, so they're sort of invasive species in some areas? Right. In some areas they're an invasive species and for that reason are illegal in some areas. So uh, word to the wise, anyone contemplating getting this frog, uh, it's wise to make sure that it uh, has no way to escape. Oh, okay. What is the attraction for you about keeping an entirely aquatic frog as a pet? Well, the, the fact that they recognize people, that they, they clap hands and they clap their hands when they're ready to feed and, and so on, they, they respond so much to people. Uh, they are very food motivated, and I think that, that's part of the appeal. They will take food out of your hands. That makes it fun. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a comical face. It almost looks like they're always just about to break into a grin, <laughs> which is fun. And then they're really easy to take care of. Um, Basically, you need an aquarium as you would have for fish. Uh, the filter needs to be a little special because most people think that because they have this sensitive lateral line system, um, loud splashing water noises would uh, bother them, something like a jackhammer going off in your head. And so you need to find a, a very quiet filter. So you wouldn't have a bubbler or even an air stone or something like that. Right, right. And so I, I have a particular filter that's acoustically sealed, very, very quiet, and that seems to work just great. And then, uh, of course, getting the food is really easy because you go pick up uh, a little canister of pellets from the pet store, and that's all you need to do. What is his environment like inside the tank? Well, uh, they do like a few hiding places. So I've got some uh, terracotta pots, uh, half a coconut shell, and so on, organized in a way that he can retire under there when he wants to. Uh, I've got a piece of driftwood, and I've got a few very hardy aquatic plants growing in there, not... uh, something that most aquatic plants can handle because the frogs can be pretty boisterous, but uh, I've got a few tough species in there that do fine. Mm-hmm. And then I, I do have a, a couple of other species living with him. That's what I was going to ask you about. Most uh, aquatic uh, creatures of any type wouldn't do well with this frog. Uh, if they're big enough to avoid being eaten, then they're probably looking at uh, the frog as much. So you have to be careful about what you put in there. But I have a, a type of aquarium shrimp called a red cherry shrimp that does just fine in there. They, they breed in there. He may occasionally pick one off. They're prolific enough that there's a healthy population going in there and they help keep uh, algae down. Are these freshwater? They are. And, and they're a lot of fun. I have them in a lot of my other tanks and I figured I'd give them a try and they seem to be working really well. How many tanks do you have? Um, somewhere around a dozen or so. Oh my gosh. So I, and I have various species of uh, fish and invertebrates of, of different kinds. Yeah, it sounds like you must have a marine aquarium, too, if you have the feather duster worms. Right, right. I do have one uh, marine aquarium as well. Well, we're going to have to do another show and uh, talk about some of your other uh, aquatic creatures, if, if you would be willing to do that, because that, that's really interesting. I had feather duster worms back in the 70s when I kept uh, fish, and uh, technology wasn't really very good for marine aquariums back then unless you had a lot of money to spend, so... I didn't have a lot of luck, but um, I'm assuming it's it's a little bit easier now. It is. We've made great strides in the last, especially the last 10 or 15 years that have just made things a lot easier. Still more expensive than fresh water, but just about as easy if you can buy the equipment. What would be someone's prime concern or things they should be maybe a little wary of when they're keeping an African clawed frog? Well, we did mention that they can hop out, and so you do need to be careful to make sure you have a secure cover and keep the water level low enough so that um, you know they can't squeeze their way out of the cover. I, I do both. I think that's the safest way to go around it. And then uh, 
once again, don't keep them with fish because they'll end up being eaten. Um, certain aquatic snails and shrimp um, that I've had success with, but I wouldn't try with any fish. And then uh, make sure what species you're getting. Uh, the African dwarf frogs, to distinguish them, there are a couple things you can look at. Uh, the dwarfs have webbed front feet as well as back feet, and their eyes aim kind of sideways rather than pointing up, and their head is a little bit more pointed, and their legs in proportion to their body are, are more slender. And uh, the, the dwarf frogs you can keep with fish uh, as long as the fish are not big enough to bother them but you wouldn't want to do that with the uh, African frog. Okay, so. just before we sign off, do you have a website, Russ? I do. It's uh, com, and that's A-Q-U-A-R-I-M-A-X.com. And what will people find on your website? I have uh, some podcasts about various creatures that I've kept and uh, basically how to take care of them and so on. I have um, various uh, other resources uh, involved with those and I uh, I also culture live foods for fish and so on uh, if someone's interested in getting some of those that they could do that as well on my website so okay and please repeat that URL again sure it's www.aquarimax.com A-Q-U-A-R-I-M-A-X dot com well, that brings us to the end of our half hour. Thanks so much for talking to me. This is really great, and I want to talk to you again about some of uh, your other creatures. Sure. It was uh, great for me, and I'd, I'd be glad to come back and do another show. All right, great. Thanks. Well, so that's it for this week's episode of What Were You Thinking? If you would like to be a guest, if you have some sort of interesting exotic pet that uh, you would like to talk about, just email me at bob at petliferadio.com. Thanks so much for listening, and thanks so much to my producer, Mark Winter. See you again. Bye-bye. Thinking about buying a monkey? How about a ferret or a skunk? Then check out the show that will answer the burning questions, where do you get them? What do you feed them? How do you take care of them? And most of all, what were you thinking? With exotic pet expert and author Bob Tart, every week on demand from PetLifeRadio.com.